Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. I have a treat for you today. You get to hear me on Claire Calfo's podcast. The name is What Your Mom Forgot to Tell You. This episode is juicy. It's good. She asked me a ton of great questions and it's a lot of the basics of attachment theory and whatnot, but it's on a deep level and new perspectives. So I know you're going to love it. It's a great episode. I wanted you all to hear it. So she graciously is letting me air it on Let's Get Vulnerable as well as her podcast. And if you want to check out her podcast, once again, it is called What Your Mom Forgot to Tell You. So I hope you love this episode. And just a reminder, this is the best time to join the Empowered Secure Love program. We have amazing bonuses. We have an offer that I've never done before where we have extended payment plan options. I wanted to make the program as accessible as possible to everyone who needs it. So the summer is a wonderful time to disappear for a bit, work on yourself, right? So that you can come back in the fall and be ready to date in a healthy way, showing up as the securely attached version of you, feeling confident, feeling good, and of course, attracting the relationships that you deserve. So there's seriously no better time. Use the link in the show notes to apply. And you can also use the link in my Instagram bio. All right, y'all enjoy this episode with Claire. It's a good one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What Your Mom Forgot to Tell You. Today, we have on a very special guest, Dr. Morgan Anderson. She's a clinical psychologist, attachment theory expert, author, and also a host of a top-rated podcast. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Happy Friday. Also, I know we're recording on a Friday, so it's always fun to (laughs) do episodes. The weekend's almost here. Um, I know. Yeah. I love it. We love it. Um, So yeah, before we dive into any deep dives on some of your expertise areas, I would love to just get a quick background on you and how you got into the space. Um, You're a powerful voice for women's healing and kind of a thought leader in the relationship space. And it's such an interesting place to be. So would love a quick background. Yeah, I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a psychologist, like so many people that go towards that field. I did experience early childhood trauma. I lost my mom at a young age and I just grew up really quickly. Yeah. Um, So I knew I wanted to be in clinical psychology, but then in terms of relationships, it, it wasn't until my second year of graduate school and I had just been on terrible dates and I was, I was experiencing all the bad relationships, you know, dumpster fire breakup after breakup. And, um, 
in, in the second year of grad school, I actually found myself dating a narcissist mm-hmm. for about a year and a half. Wow. And yeah, it was after that breakup, I was at my lowest point, hit rock bottom. And I just had this moment of, okay, you can keep doing this again and again, or you can choose differently. You can decide to heal and you can learn how do you have a healthy relationship. So after that, I threw myself into attachment theory research, did my own healing. And then here we are today. I've helped you know over 450 women and have the Empowered Secure Love program. And I'm in a wonderful relationship of two plus years. Oh, and I get to... Yeah, I guess it just help women who maybe like me, they they never experienced a healthy relationship before. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And with relationships too, it's so um, easy to track progress sometimes with that because you know, um, you know, you you can tell the difference like in your body, I think of like, okay, is this healthy or not? Once you understand sort of the background and understand attachment theory, which you're probably providing the teachings of. So that's amazing. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the it's the missing piece to the dating puzzle. Mm-hmm. Once you understand attachment theory, and then you can apply it to your dating life, it just really, really helps you. Um, so yeah, I, I love teaching people how to actually understand it and apply it. Yeah, yeah. I actually read the book, um, the attachment theory book. Um, but I feel like I never got really good examples on how to apply it, like you're saying. Um, so I'd love to do a deep dive just on attachment theory to start out and kind of like have you explain that and then um, just yeah, maybe go into those uh, details and expert solutions in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And Attached by Amir Levine mm-hmm. is a great book. Yeah. And it also was one of the things that inspired me to write my book that came out called Love Magnet, because I saw that gap that you're talking about where it's like, Oh, how do we actually apply mm-hmm. it? And then the other thing is I wanted to teach people that you can move towards secure attachment yeah. no matter what your current style is. And in, in his book, he kind of says, oh, your attachment style is your attachment style. But before we go into this, I just want people to know like, no matter where you are currently, mm-hmm. you can move towards secure attachment. Yeah. And I think that's what I kind of found that I disagreed with in the book as well. Like I was like, I feel like I was anxious and now maybe more secure. So I, I love that you're saying that. Yes, 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 yes. So attachment theory for your your audience, if they haven't heard about it, the way I like to break it down in the most simplest form is the understanding of why you do what you do in relationships Mm -hmm. and why you're attracted to the people you're attracted to. So it's, it's essentially the science of bonds and how we form human relationships and our ways of being, our behaviors, our thoughts, our emotions within those relationships. All, all of us have different ways of being and, and a different attachment style makeup mm-hmm. that determines how we go about relationships. Mm-hmm. And this is completely unconscious and compulsive until we make it conscious and learn how to change it. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's four main styles. There's anxious, avoidant, disorganized, and secure mm-hmm. attachment. And I want people to know you could have both of you could have a mix. Yeah. So it's on a spectrum. You might be 25% secure, 75% anxious. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to go into the styles yeah, too if th- you want to. That'd be great. I feel like it's so funny. I feel like I switch around de- depending on the relationship when I observe my past. Um, so knowing, you know, one of my past relationships, I was so extremely avoidant. And then with a different partner was really anxious. And I'm like, that's so interesting. So I don't know if that's something you hear a lot, but I'm curious on your perspective on 
sort of like that shift. I know it's really dependent on the partner and probably maybe the certain triggers that occur in that relationship. But um, yeah, I would love to maybe dive into each style and then just sort of solutions to move towards that secure attachment, like you mentioned. Yeah, and we can we can circle back to that point because yeah. I do get asked that. So um, that's a, that's a good it's a good question. The the first style anxious attachment, mm-hmm. just to put it in simple terms, this is where you're prioritizing the relationship above yourself, and you might struggle with setting boundaries, expressing your needs, um, and you could be susceptible to codependence, where you're just wanting to merge with your partner. Mm-hmm. And then also you really struggle with reassurance. So your partner could give you reassurance, but you're not good at actually accepting it and internalizing it. Mm-hmm. So you're just constantly wanting that reassurance from your partner. Yeah. And in practice, this is like when you know, you're know you texting him and you don't hear back and then you send 17 text messages and your stomach's in knots and you're catastrophizing and telling the stories about how your relationship's going to end. Like You're always imagining the abandonment um, and waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. 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 And what what sort of tips do you give to people with that attachment style to move towards more secure? I know there's probably really basic things like, you know, the healing process and going to therapy and doing things like that. But um, I'm curious of any other things that come to mind, uh, maybe based on your book or just, you know, your work in general. Yeah. One of the main things with anxious attachment is learning how to self-soothe because oftentimes these individuals have depended on external people to help mm-hmm. them have, you know, the stable emotion. So like learning how to self-soothe and take care of your emotions yourself and, and practice tuning inwards. When, when we have anxious mm-hmm. attachment, we're really good at knowing what other people's needs are and you're kind of very externally focused. So it's great to practice really tuning inwards, getting good at soothing your own emotions um, and creating routines for yourself that are non-negotiables. I love that. Yeah, especially like you mentioned, if it's your your relationships above yourself, and if you have those non negotiables, like I have to do these things every day, and then I can be present to others. Like I, I really love that. That's that's really amazing. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. And and there's more I could say, of course, but those are like some really good starting points. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then how about that um, avoidant style? Can we go into that? Yeah. Too? So this is the opposite in some ways. So this is where you are prioritizing yourself and your independence above the relationship. And these individuals struggle with being close and maintaining intimacy. Um, they are scared to depend on others. And they also will oftentimes have fears that they're not a good partner. So they'll just think like, I'm just not good at relationships. Um, and they have a lot of distancing strategies. So pulling away, this is, you know, the guy you went on a great date, you thought you really connected, and then you don't hear from (laughs) them for three weeks. You're like, did you die? Right? Like they just completely pull away. Um, and it's, it's because intimacy doesn't feel emotionally safe. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds familiar for me also. So (laughs) as I said, the switching, yeah, that's, that's funny. And for, um, I think there's kind of two ends here. I, I, I'm curious how, as a partner, you can work with someone who's um, avoidant, but also if you are the avoidant person, like some of those techniques that you mentioned, similar to anxious attachment. Yeah. With with avoidant attachment, it's also about getting comfortable with your emotions uh, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they're very cut off from their emotional experience and they're very focused on just like going, you know, into their careers. A lot of times they'll put a lot of their energy Mm -hmm. there. Um, so, So getting comfortable with emotions. 
And then also learning that, hey, I can communicate well with my partner. I can set boundaries. Because a lot of times they've had past relationship experiences where if they did set a boundary or they did express a need or an emotion, it went completely sideways on them. So, so they just have a lot of beliefs about, I shouldn't even try to communicate because it's not going to go well. So with avoidant attachment, you need a lot of, I would call it like corrective communication experiences where you do yeah. communicate and you're able to do so in a way that helps the relationship and your partner hears you. So, and they, yeah, they need to know that they can set boundaries and still maintain the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, so there's those two. And then I feel like I don't really know what disorganized is. And is yeah. that the anxious secure or is that something else? I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. So disorganized attachment, I would say on social media, people refer to it as fearful avoidant. Got it. But okay. the cl- the clinical term is disorganized. And it's, it's called that because um, it's disorganized strategies for connection. So mm-hmm. what it means is you will likely pendulum swing between anxious and avoidance. <laughs> well, no, I want to, okay. I want to clarify for you. Yeah. So yeah. with, with disorganized attachment, it's, it's like, this is usually correlated with childhood trauma and the pendulum swing is quick. So like in the morning, you could be anxious in the evening, you could be avoidant. Got it. So Got it. not necessarily from relationship to relationship, which I'll talk about that too. but. Mm-hmm. um this is very confusing. This is that like push pull, the person's in, then they're out. Yeah. 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 I think we've all encountered someone like this for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They and want then, they want intimacy, but they want total independence at the same time. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's difficult for someone who's a partner to them, I'm sure. Yes. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I would love before we go into like a secure, I'd love to hear um, your just theory on, you know, my experience on, yeah. you know, sw- partner to partner, how it's a bit different. Yeah. So I call this the switch. What what ends up happening, because I've seen it a lot. So what, what ends up happening is maybe we tried one strategy in the relationship because you have to realize your attachment style is a connection strategy. So mm-hmm. for example, you, if you try anxious attachment in one of your relationships, but then that doesn't work out. What mm-hmm. happens is this way overcorrection to the avoidant attachment style because your brain is going, oh, well, let's try this approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah. And then, and also your attraction too, right? Like your brain said, oh, I was attracted to this kind of person. Now I'm going to be attracted to this kind of person. So it's, <laughs> it's usually this overcorrection yeah. that I see people do. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah, that's funny. You're like, um, oh, it okay, was a cool. bad boy. Now I'm going to go after the nice guy, or you know, like you just you just change yeah. your strategy completely and you overcorrect one way. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Um, and then yeah, like how I guess going to more secure now. What is that? What is the? I guess we talked a little bit about anxious and secure, or anxious and um, avoidant, and sort of those me- mechanisms to get to more secure. But I guess as you know, an expert, what do you define as secure? Um, do you think that people still have like maybe anxious tendencies and avoidant tendencies? Like, I would love to hear about that. Cause, um, I just, I'm in the school of thought where I'm like, you know, I'm never going to be able to like really achieve that like top thing and it's going to take work. And so I'd love to just hear about that a bit. 
Totally. Yeah. Um, secure attachment is not perfect. I always love to say that because people have it as, oh, this, you know, like this goal. Um, it's yeah. definitely not perfect. In the securely attached relationship, you can be open, honest, direct in your communication. You can set boundaries. You value yourself and you value the relationship. You mm -hmm. desire closeness and you also value your independence. So both can be true. And I like to think of it as inter dependence where I depend on me and I can depend on my partner. So both are available to me. And mm -hmm. I really think the hallmark of the, the secure con connection is two individuals who feel like they get to become the best versions of themselves in the relationship. And they actually mm -hmm. feel like it makes them expansive and it helps them grow in their life by having the secure base. So you become more of who you really are in a securely mm -hmm. attached relationship and you simultaneously grow the relationship and you grow as individuals. Um, but to answer your point, I just was talking about this. You have to think about it as climate versus weather. So mm -hmm. the securely attached relationship has a really secure climate, but mm -hmm. there may be those weather incidents of anxious attachment or avoidant attachment, but the secure relationship repairs quickly. Mm -hmm. So you're never 100% perfect, but you can repair quickly yeah. and come back to secure really easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that analogy. That's great. That makes a lot of sense. Um, wonderful. So it sounds like how can you I guess there's kind of two questions here I have. So do you think that if you are currently in a relationship and you are demonstrating maybe avoidant or anxious or disorganized tendencies, can you be in that relationship and work towards secure? Or do you often encourage people to like do that on their own? Like I'm, I'm kind of curious if there's I know there's probably not one way to do it. But I wonder if the process is a bit different in a relationship versus um, single. Yeah, it definitely depends on the relationship. And I have helped lots of people who are in marriages or long-term relationships, and maybe they realize that this is them and they want to work on their attachment style. The, the number one thing is that you have a partner that is supportive of you doing this mm -hmm. work. And you can, you can have people that have an anxious avoidant dynamic, but as long as both of them, emphasis on both, right? It can't just be one. As long as mm -hmm. both individuals want to create secure attachment, you can move towards that and co-create it together. And, and oftentimes one partner changing. So like the women in my program, they, they come in, they do the work. Just by them doing that, they're going to change their marriage or their, their relationship because you know we change one part of the equation, the whole thing changes. So I think mm -hmm. it's, it's a really powerful gift for your relationship if it's something you realize. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. And then... How do you bring this up to your partner? How do you encourage the women you work with to, um, you know, to have this conversation and say, you know, I've been noticing these things and I want to work on them. Like, I'd love to sort of hear what um, that looks like. Yeah, there have been women I helped who who don't tell their partners. So I, I think it's a it's such a personal choice. But yeah. the, but the women who do, I know that we talk about them positioning it so that their partner can hear it and be supportive. And it really comes down to, hey, I'm taking accountability. Like how, mm -hmm. how attractive is that when someone wants to take accountability <laughs> and take ownership, yeah. right? So they're saying, I'm taking ownership. I'm realizing that I'm not bringing my best self to this relationship. 
And Mm -hmm. I really want to work on me so that I can be a better partner to you. So I've decided Mm -hmm. to do this work on me. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that. And yeah, it it is. I'm glad you said um, that you don't have to tell them if you don't want to, too. I think that's important. Um, anything else about attachment theory before we sort of move on to like your relationship program that you think is really important for people to know, or, um, even like how to maybe discover your attachment style? I know it might be pretty clear to some people, but, um, any tips maybe around that? Yeah. So I do have a free quiz. So I have a quiz, um, the link in my bio on Instagram, I can give it to you for your show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Perfect. What I like about my quiz is it'll tell you the percentages. So it breaks it down percentage wise. Um, there's, there's other quizzes online. Um, but also in my book, I break down thoughts, behaviors, um, and all, all the connection strategies. So I think like once you see it and you dive into it, you will Mm -hmm. be able to know what, what your style is. Um, yeah. And then I think what I would want people to know about attachment theory is that it is a tool for understanding Mm -hmm. what you do in relationships. And I don't want you to write people off or like be on your dates and be like, oh, they're avoidantly attached, cross them <laughs> off the list, you know, because I, I will have some clients that kind of go a little overboard. So take the lab coat off when you're on the date, yeah. like be be present, but you can use it as a, as a helpful tool. And we mm-hmm. don't want to write people off based on their attachment style. We want to write them off based on their behaviors and the data that we gather. So give people the opportunity to show you who they are and what kind of partner they are. Don't just do it based mm-hmm. on what, what you think their attachment style is. Yeah, that's a great point. I love that. Take off the lab coat. That's great. <laughs> um, I want to move on to your relationship program and talk a bit about dating. Um, and just I know it's uh, you say how it's designed to take you from lonely to loved, confused to empowered, anxious to secure, which I love. Um, I'm curious. So one of the things is like how to stop dating or attracting guys who don't want to commit. I um, know so many people who experience this and I've experienced this too. So um, I'd love for you to just kind of do your quick deep dive into what exactly you can do to stop attracting those types of men or stop being attracted to those types of men as well. Totally. And I, I created this program because I was working as a clinical psychologist in private practice. And I just saw that people would get awareness about, okay, this is like why you are the way you are, but then they didn't know what to do with the awareness. Mm -hmm. So I'd be, you know, on the couch across from these people and I, there's things I want to say, but it wasn't the right place to do it. So I essentially made this program to help people actually know what to do. So, so to your, to your question, one of the, well, a few of the areas that we deep dive in, in the program is knowing your belief systems. So your belief systems about yourself and about relationships. And that has a huge impact on who you're attracted to. And it's it's completely yeah. unconscious. So until we make it conscious, it's going to drive the bus. So mm-hmm. the, the belief systems are huge. Another thing we look at is repetition compulsion. And this is essentially where we're taking childhood unfinished business and we're playing it out in our adult romantic relationships and it's impacting who we're choosing as partners. So mm-hmm. I do a lot of deep work around helping clients stop that. So I have found things that work and that give people closure so that you can leave, you know, your, your unfinished business is no longer unfinished. You finish it and you can choose partners from the securely attached, emotionally stable adult version of you 
instead of the childhood wounded version of you that is trying to make up for their childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like stopping a vicious cycle almost yeah. and creating a new pattern of relationships. Yeah. I yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, this is kind of a funny question, but I'm curious, like, uh, in your opinion, what's some really common or really um, things you see like green flags and red flags when you're dating? Um, and uh, yeah, I just would love to go into that. <laughs> totally. And I feel like green flags don't get talked about enough. So I love that you asked that, but we can start with the red flags. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's going to put you down in any way is like automatic. No. Yeah. And sometimes even humor, like you, you know, those guys that'll just constantly joke and like jab at you. There is mm-hmm. a line, like if, if it's too much, um, that's definitely a, a red flag because this is somebody yeah. who doesn't know how to like have real intimacy and express gratitude towards you. Anyways, that's mm-hmm. a whole tangent, but other red <laughs> flags, how, like how they treat people. And I'm sure you've all heard this one, how they treat the waiter. Um, yes. if they're treating you away then treat them differently, red flag. Um, if they are not present, like if you're on the date and they're just on their phone the whole time, or mm-hmm. like if you go in your, if you check in with your body and you're just like, I don't feel heard. I don't feel listened to. I don't really feel valued. I feel like I'm a placeholder. Like I could be anyone, right? Major yeah. red flag. Totally. Yeah. Um, this is kind of, I'm skipping ahead maybe for the green, but do you have any yellow flags like that you yeah. ever, I, yeah, I do. And I, I went into detail in my book on this. I like really brainstorm. Oh, so if great. you want the full list, it's definitely <laughs> in the book. But one okay, that awesome. I think one that's interesting is like if someone's late, right? Cause oh, yeah. that could mean that they really are not ready to put effort in. Maybe they are emotionally unavailable. Or maybe they had a horrible day at work and they got stuck in traffic and they are legit just late and it was an accident. So that's a Mm -hmm. yellow flag. Um, Also, if someone talks a lot about their past relationships and maybe they're just sharing a lot with you, Mm -hmm. sometimes people just don't really understand the impact that that can have on someone that you're trying to get to know. So I think of it Mm -hmm. as yellow because it's an opportunity for you to give feedback and say, hey you know, I'm trying to get to know you right now. I I really would appreciate if we didn't do the whole relationship inventory of everybody we've ever dated. Like, let's actually (laughs) save that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, so that's yellow to me. Also, if they, if they broke up with somebody less than six months ago, yellow, because Mm -hmm. you just don't know. There could be someone who's really healthy process that it's good to go. They're emotionally available, or you could be dealing with somebody who really hasn't made themselves emotionally available yet and they're still wounded and hurt and they're not going to be able to show up at their best. So those are just some of the ones off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm glad I asked about those. Those are important, I think. Yeah. 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 And then what about the green flags? Okay. So green flags. Yeah. So if you feel like they are genuinely curious about getting to know you, Mm because we've all been on those dates where you're asking them all the questions and you know their whole life story and they didn't ask a thing about you, right? Yeah. Um, so they have to seem like they're they're genuinely wanting to get to know you. That's that's mm-hmm. a green flag. Um if they if they can validate what you said and and make you feel heard. Mm-hmm. So saying something like, you know, um, man, I had a really tough week this week. I had a tough conversation with my boss. 
And then they're, they're able to say, man, it sounds like this was a rough week for you. Like just that simple thing of they validate you and you're feeling deeply heard. Huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Other, other green flag, they respect your boundaries. They asked you out on a Thursday and you said, I'm so sorry. I do yoga with my girlfriends every Thursday. I can't make it. They say, mm-hmm. no big deal. I love it. Enjoy yoga. We'll do Saturday, right? Like respecting your yeah. boundaries, great green flag. Um, and then I would say being open and honest about what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy yeah. who can say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really, I am, I'm looking for a serious relationship and, you know, not saying that's us right away, but I just want you to know that, that that really is what, what I'm looking for. And I'm open to getting to know you more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a f- another fun question, but do you have a go-to date that you recommend your clients go on, especially if you want to create secure attachment? And this maybe could be like first, second, third dates. Like, is there something specific you recommend? Oh, that's a really, that's a really great question. I, I do, I have a, a rule about dating, but it's more about the first date. So I might have to think about your Let's question, but for the first date, I always tell people it needs to be less than an hour. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And ideally it would be at a coffee shop or you'd be going on a walk at a park, but Mm -hmm. you have to be able to be boundaried on that first date to make sure that you're pacing your emotional investment and you're just kind of gathering the data on this person. You're like, do I really want to see them again? Right? So I like a 45 minute coffee date for the first date. That's that's my strong opinion. But to build secure attachment, honestly... Anything that is maybe like new for the both of you, or even like something I'm like imagining, like walking across like a, a bridge or something, you know, like <laughs> like something that maybe is like you have to depend on each other, you have to like hold each other's hands, going on like a hike, potato chip rock in San Diego, oh, yeah. like thinking about that, like something that's like a little yeah. bit adrenaline, and you have to depend on each other. That's a great way to mm-hmm. to develop secure attachment because it's all about is my partner going to be there when I need them. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. I love that. Um. Yeah. The hiking one I really like too. I feel like you get to be outside. You kind of get to. I don't know. It's and then you can maybe keep it short. I'm not sure about <laughs> under 45, but maybe a short hike. Yeah. Um. And then just do you have a favorite client story that you can share? And I'm just curious. You don't have to share anything. I know that's a confidentiality, but I don't know if you have any like testimonials or anything like. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. So one of my. One of my clients is getting married Memorial Day weekend. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and she was one of my very first clients. And wow. She she had had this history of like just never being with somebody who was emotionally available. All of her relationships were long distance. They were always out of state or even in a different country. And she just really, really wanted a partner. And she, you know, jumped in to work with me, committed to it let go of a lot of past stuff that was unconscious for her. And she just completely changed her life. Like Mm -hmm. she started dating securely attached men. She had a couple to choose from. And then she, you know, continued with one who now she's marrying. And she just, she has this, this joy in her life and kind of this glow. And she's, she's just Mm -hmm. really happy. And she also became the CEO of a company after doing oh this my work, she was like promoted. That is amazing. Um, <laughs> she's traveling the world. I mean, I, I just look at her oh and I'm gosh. like, you're just living your absolute best life. And and she's getting married Memorial Day weekend. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I like just want to do your program and <laughs> like grow, like, you know, some growth. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you going to the wedding? I'm not, but I'm going to see her 
after. So nice. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Oh, and one thing about her too, she healed the relationships in her family, which is a big thing in, oh, in wow. our program. Like she's close with her mom and dad and her sisters and um, they're all going to be at the wedding and they all plan the wedding together. And she just, that's so sweet. Yeah. She has a great, great family life now too. Yeah. Wow. I I'm going to sign up. I think <laughs> <laughs> not easy to do. She's very brave. Yeah. No, not easy. Um, I kind of want to move on to, um, just cause you're mentioning your client too, who's married and just talking a bit about long-term relationships. And, um, I know obviously like we were mentioning before this work, it's a lot of work and it's, it's, you know, you have to keep yourself in line to maintain, um, you know, your best self and your secure attachment style. So what sort of, um, advice or I guess tactics would you recommend to people who want to maintain their long-term relationships and really keep that secure attachment alive? Yeah, great question. There's there's so much I could say, but some of the core things is like remembering that your joy is your job. So part of mm-hmm. secure attachment is just realizing that you are an individual, that you are bringing yourself to the relationship, and if you're not taking care of you, then your relationship will suffer. And mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we we're really struggling in our own lives as individuals. And then we project that onto our relationship and we think there's something wrong in our relationship, but the securely yeah. attached healthy couple, like they're going to look at themselves as individuals first and, and mm-hmm. ask themselves, Hey, like my joy is my job. What is it that I need to work on for me before I point fingers at the relationship? So, so that's big. And then connection rituals. So I don't oh. talk about this as much. I should, but it's like, cre- I like this already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Creating little pockets of connection in your day to day that's intentional mm-hmm. because you and I know in the age of cell phones and social media, you can be with your partner in a room and not mm-hmm. with each other. Right. Oh, I know this for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, one thing I've done with my partner is we have no phones in bed rule. Mm-hmm. And oh, I like that. We before before we go to bed, we'll we'll talk about something that we're grateful for. If there's anything that we need support in the next day, mm-hmm. we we always ask the question of like, how can I support you right now? But we we do this as a routine, and it's it's intentional carved out time. Because if mm-hmm. we don't do that, even just five ten minutes a day, if we don't do it, we run the risk of being disconnected from our partners. Yeah, absolutely. I really love that. What other um, connection rituals do you recommend to people typically outside of like the no phones in bed? So we um, w- like one of the things that's so important is we celebrate, which I know it's <laughs> like, like birthdays, our anniversary, and, and we'll usually use that time to go away together. So even mm-hmm. if it's just going out to lunch, or maybe you're just driving to a nearby town, but changing your environment together what what we do is we make sure we do it at least every other month. I, ideally, mm-hmm. it's once a month. So I really believe in carving out that time where it's just the two of you and you're outside mm-hmm. of your normal environment. You don't have to go to Mexico, like if that's not in the budget, okay? <laughs> but like just go yeah. somewhere different than your normal environment at least once mm-hmm. a month. I love that. I'm a big traveler. So I'm like, this is music to my ears. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I will do a road trip once a month. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> shared, shared experiences, shared, shared experiences. And um, yeah, there's, there's so much I could say. And, you know, honestly, as I grow in this relationship with my partner, there's more and more that I learn about what works and doesn't work. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm learning all the time about how do you do this for the long term? But I I will say to my partner's credit, like one of the things that that he always does is he brings laughter into our life. Because I'm, I love that. I'm pretty serious, you know. I'm like, <laughs> but but he he makes me laugh all the time. So I do think it's helpful if one Very of important. you can kind of like lighten the mood a bit. It just it helps. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I I went to a comedy show and she's like, you need to laugh at least one time or two times or one time twice a day. I said that completely wrong, but <laughs> yeah, like, you'll yeah. be happier if you do that. Yeah, so. laughter is so important. And then the other thing that I would say for long term happiness is my last thing is. Mm-hmm. expressing gratitude and appreciation, all the research on healthy long-term relationships. It's when people feel acknowledged and appreciated mm-hmm. and the relationships yeah. that end, guess what it is? People that feel criticized and unappreciated. So mm-hmm. you are putting into your relationship bank account. Every time you acknowledge your partner, you express gratitude for the big things, for the little things, you should be doing it every day as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. I really love that. Um, and then, yeah, my last question around long-term relationships is just that healthy conflict navigation. Um, and this is a big topic, and I uh, don't want to dive too deep into it because I know we don't have, you know, if we had three hours, I, we could probably talk <laughs> about it for an hour. But um, just curious, uh, your advice around healthy conflict navigation and um, whether that's maybe asking for uh, a compromise or I, I'm uh, kind of curious on how you define that, but yeah, how do how to navigate that with a long-term partner? Yeah. And I, I love this topic. I um, used to do couples therapy exclusively in, in my practice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't people love couples therapy? I always thought it was so fun. Like I got to be like the referee <laughs> and I, I love yeah. teaching people communication. And um, what I have found to be most helpful is teaching couples communication structure for conflict. Mm-hmm. And the structure I teach is called dialogue. It actually comes from Imago therapy. Um, But in dialogue, there are two roles. There's a sender and then there's a receiver. And Mm -hmm. when you're practicing this, the sender gets to use I statements. So I felt blank when blank happened. Mm -hmm. And the receiver, the only thing the receiver can do is say, I heard you say that you felt blank when blank happened, all the receiver mm-hmm. can do is be a mirror. So, and then you switch, you go back and forth. And what's so powerful about this is when you feel heard, you can move through conflict in a peaceful, wonderful way that adds value to the relationship. Whereas like mm-hmm. most couples just want to problem solve. So yeah. it's just, it's all about slowing down learning how to make sure both of you feel heard and then you move into problem solving after. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I go into problem solving mode a lot and I've learned recently how to just see how I'm feeling and like, and then listen to the person who's talking to me and see how they're feeling and really take that in and not try to insert myself and just let them have that space. And that's really hard to do, but it's really important. And I feel like it makes that other person feel so much more safe and validated. Um, so it's just so important, I think what you said. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I really do know that most of our arguments are not about the surface level content. It's about attachment Mm -hmm. wounds and feeling insecure in our relationship. So it's like the dishes are just, they're not about the dishes. Right. So, so when we can slow down and we can hear our partner, we're getting at 
the core of what's what's really going on is like I want you to see me. I want to feel heard. I want to feel like mm-hmm. you care. You know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this will prevent divorces if people, <laughs> you know, like when, when you get good at at dialogue, it's it's a game changer for your relationship. And that's also in my yeah. book. I'm just like, it's all in there. So yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of your book too, it's obviously called Love Magnet. And I hope I'm going to buy it after this. Like I am so intrigued by all of these topics. So I'm really excited to read it. But I guess um, just what do you think is your biggest piece of advice or like the number one thing you can do right now to become a love magnet? And obviously everyone go buy the book, but um, just a little sneak peek. I would love to hear that. The, the biggest thing that you can do is realize that you are already enough, that you are already worthy of love and you already have all the love that you need within yourself mm-hmm. and that a relationship is just going to be a multiplier of that love but it's not going to fill the void. So just realize like you already have all the love and you're already enough as you are. And when that person comes in your life, they're just going to multiply the love that you already have. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great. Um, And then I have two more questions for you. One is um, something I saw in your testimonials is someone said that you taught them about morning alignment. Can you talk a little bit about this? Yeah, this is a practice that has totally changed my life. And it's something I do every morning. Um, what it is, is it's a, I, I like to think of it as an identity document and mm. there's six parts to it. Um, and essentially I'm looking at my beliefs about myself. I'm looking at the vision that I have for my life. I look at mm-hmm. photos of like what I want my life to look like. I look at my oh, standards and my rules. People don't talk enough about rules, right? Like the rules I have for my life. Um, what's my, an example of a rule? Just so yeah. listeners know. So like a rule could be, I always get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. Oh, okay. I love that. That's good. Okay. Yeah. I set boundaries. I honor my needs. I speak my truth. Like rules mm-hmm. are the promises that you make to yourself that you're always going to keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. That's great. And, and I look at it every morning and it's a way to help me align. That's why it's called alignment. Align mm-hmm. with my highest and best self every morning intentionally so I can show up that way throughout my day. Yeah, that's amazing. It's like kind of it, it's like vision board manifestation kind of in one one place, it sounds like which I really like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I have vision boards too. I'm like, I'm all about all the things, you know, <laughs> you got all the things. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Um, Awesome. Well, okay. Last question for you is just obviously the name of the podcast. What did your mom forget to tell you? Oh, So that's a, that's a good question. So I would say, oh, that's a tough, that's a tough question for me. Cause I've had, I feel like I have multiple moms. So I'm going off of like my aunts too. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say to, to not waste time on, on guys who are not putting in effort. Like, if they're not being reciprocal, if they're not texting you back, just forget mm-hmm. about them. Like, and, yeah. and honestly, and I know that probably a lot of people say this, but I, I wish somebody had told me, do not even think about dating until you're 25. Like let your, <laughs> let your prefrontal cortex fully develop, pursue what you want, have great friendships, right. go travel, develop your mm-hmm. identity for yourself, like live your life. Like don't even think about dating until 25 because all my re- relationships prior to that age, total, total, like bad use of my energy. (laughs) 
Like the return on energy investment was not good. So that would be my other one. Yeah, that's a good one. I absolutely love that. Amazing. Um, So where can people find you? Where can people sign up for your program, find your book, social media? Would love to hear all of it. Yeah. So the podcast, the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast, two episodes every week, we talk about attachment theory all the time. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm Dr. Morgan Coaching, Dr. Morgan Coaching on IG. I have a daily quote on there. Um, and then the program, yeah, you can apply if you're interested. The application is in the link in my Instagram bio. It'll just say apply here. And then the book is on Amazon. It's like I, I have all these things now. It used to just be one thing, like just the podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, the book is on Amazon, um, and. Yeah, I, I would love to connect with with anyone. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I have learned so much and you're inspiring me to look more into attachment theory and all that fun <laughs> stuff. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.